Coming up on Behind the Woman. I went to schools that weren't the greatest schools but had really great teachers. So that helped to sort of facilitate some of the success that I've been able to have. I have several personal missions and goals in, li in life to be able to say that I'm not just one thing, I'm multiple things. It's a celebration of womanhood. It's a celebration of life, which is very special. This program is brought to you by the members of WCNY. Thank you. National Grid is proud to support Behind the Woman because of the energy it provides to our community. Welcome to Behind the Woman. I am your host, Dr. Johanna Rogers. Tonight, we journey with Leticia Hall Cannon, a Southside girl that becomes an engineer and is now an entrepreneur. She's the CEO and founder of Urban TSYR, and she's highlighting Syracuse. Let's meet Leticia. My name is Leticia Hall Cannon, and I am many things. I'm a professional career woman as well as an entrepreneur. I grew up in Syracuse, New York, and I grew up on the south side of Syracuse, but it is a lower uh, class neighborhood. At that time, uh, my family was a poor family. I grew up poor. I went to schools that weren't the greatest schools, but had really great teachers. And I had grandparents that were also teachers, so that helped to sort of facilitate some of the success that I've been able to have, even through the circumstances of growing up in a poverty-stricken neighborhood. My grandparents were heavy influencers in my life. I spent a lot of time with them. Their house was like a place of solitude for me. It was very quiet. They were teachers and so they had lots of books and tools and things that I could just kind of pick up on based on them being in the classroom. So I did a lot of that when I was younger. That's probably where I developed my fascination for reading and writing and going somewhere else through those experiences. There have been many obstacles throughout the years of me just sort of journeying through life as a black woman. One example I can give is in college at Syracuse University. And I had a class, a professor, where he would single me out and he'd say, I'm sure you don't have your homework done. It made me really distraught. One day, I just finally asked him, I pulled him aside and I asked him, I said, why are you doing this? Why do, why do you realize that every time I come into this classroom, you single me out and ask me, do I have my assignment completed? There was another uh, African-American girl in the classroom. And so what was happening is he was was confusing me with her, but it really played a toll on my confidence being an uh, African-American student where there aren't very many at Syracuse University, especially at that time. But that was one, just one of the microaggressions or aggressions that can play on a black woman just going through life. 
I am currently a quality program manager at Lockheed Martin, so I am responsible for equipment materials that come out of that business that support the government. Being an aggressor, being aggressive, being very confident, it becomes a little bit easier when you realize where that's coming from. I have several personal missions and goals in life to be able to say that I'm not just one thing, I'm multiple things. I often tell my children about entrepreneurship, and it's just a matter of prioritizing those things, but making sure that if they are important to you, that you do actually delve into them and make sure they're, they become something that, is, that you expand on in your life. I think after time, when you can show the value of being aggressive, of challenging things, people begin to respect that and they begin to listen. Because at the end of the day, it's about the bottom line. A woman being strong, I believe, with performance and a high level of performance and demonstrating that, it can be something that can be very powerful. It's a celebration of womanhood. It's a celebration of life which is of a woman, and it really focuses and centers on how diverse we are, but how similar we are as well, which is very special. So let's talk about Leticia. Yeah, let's talk about her. Because <laughs> there's so many facets, you know, we have we eat the frog, things are possible. But I really want you to talk about your journey. Yeah. Right? In the moments, maybe highlight some moments that you really had to eat navigate the frog, some navigate some things, yeah. come over. Yeah, I can definitely talk to you about that. So I don't know if you know this, but I'm from this area. Syracuse, New York. So born and raised here um, on the south side of Syracuse, very poor neighborhoods. Um, you know, that was just my life. But I had a very, um, very close-knit family. I had a grandfather and a grandmother that were both teachers. So education was always very important to me. Mm. Okay, growing up. Yeah. And so navigating through school, I was the girl that was labeled as being very smart. So with that label came, well, if I'm smart, I can't be pretty. I don't know if you, you've ever had that I sort do. of thing, yeah. but yeah. that's yeah. kind of how I felt growing up. But that yeah. was the label that I was given, so I right. rolled with it. It's kind of like you're boxed into this yes. space yes. that you're like othered mm -hmm. almost. Yes. Right, because I was the tall, smart girl. Okay. And it was very quickly, yeah. too, because I was always very thin, so no, like, real, you know, black girl warm Curve. curves or anything <laughs> like that. So very thin and then smart because that was my background. Like, there was, right. you that know, was I, I, that was the expectation. My, you know, my family, my grandparents in particular were educators, so that was what I was. And let's just say this. Sorry. That's the expectation in the environment in those areas oftentimes. Yes, you can't be more than one thing. Right, yes. because I'm from Newark, New Jersey, mm -hmm. right? And so oftentimes when I walk into spaces, people are like, oh, you smart and from Newark? And I'm like, I have a family, oh, like, wow. you know? Yeah. So when you said that, like, I'm from the south side of Syracuse, almost mm -hmm. like, 
you know. Yeah. But I, so I definitely can relate yeah. to that. And people think a certain thing when you say that. Yeah. I remember meeting someone at an entrepreneur event, like it was a networking thing. And this woman was so surprised that I was from here. She's like, you're a black professional and you're from, you're here? from here? You're because from she place. expected right. that all the black professionals came from somewhere else. Right. And I'm like, right. oh, no. <laughs> because that's not what's depicted it's not. about where, about our community. Yes. Almost as if, like, they're poor. So it's like, obviously, yeah. you know, you every stereotype so. about black women, negative stereotype, is thrown on that label. Yes, and right. exactly. So sort of growing up with that in the back of my mind. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm smart, but I'm not really pretty, you know, that kind of thing growing up with those sort of insecurities, because every girl wants to be pretty. But that it was what it was. So grew up, um, went to Danforth School. You're probably Dr. King first, mm -hmm. um, where my grandmother was a pre preschool teacher. Um, Dr. King first, and then I went to Danforth School, and then Cleary School, and then Corcoran High School. From then, I had a major decision to make. Do I go somewhere else? Howard was calling, Emory University, like different schools were calling me. And um, at that time, I did make the intentional decision to stay in Syracuse. And the reason I did primarily was because a major pillar in my life, my grandfather, this father figure to me, even, you know, I have my father as well, but this major um, father figure to me passed away when I was in um, my senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. And so now my grandmother's alone. So be it what it may, that played into the, my decision to stay here in Syracuse. And that mm -hmm. was something that was pivotal, a pivotal decision. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that I made it. You're glad that I'm you're glad that I made it because I was able to do so much from there. So from there, navigate it to Syracuse University. Okay, I'm gonna stay in Syracuse now. This is my life, I'm gonna to go to Syracuse University. I did that, I got an undergraduate degree, uh, bachelor's in science and biochemistry. Pause, uh -huh. we have to process that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause not only are you a black, brown faced girl yeah. from the south side of Syracuse, went to Syracuse University. Yeah and have a biochemical engineering degree. Yes. I just want a biochemical engineering Bio degree. Biochemistry, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Girl, and let me just. <laughs> and it was one of those things I, I again, you know, you, you get set on a path early on when you're told what you are. And so um, I really liked the arts. Mm -hmm. I liked writing. That was my release from being in this poverty-stricken environment. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of writing when I was younger, mm -hmm. but because you got a lot of journals. Oh yeah, yeah and poetry too. and and all right. of those sorts right. of things. It was my release. You, it was my escape. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, when I would say things like, "Oh, I want to be a writer," it would be like, "Oh, why don't you be a doctor instead?" Mm -hmm. Oh, why don't we, you know, let's try to secure some financial security for you, <laughs> you know? Right. So I, I, I do feel I was somewhat pushed in the direction of sciences and technology right. for that reason, mm -hmm. which was fine because I, I like that too. Right. You know, I like sciences, so it, it made sense. Um, so I went through school, got the biochemistry degree, got out of school, and then I started at a Fortune 500 company in this area um, as a research sort of scientist in a lab. Um, just to step back a little bit, my classes, no one else looked like me. I can imagine. So it was an right. environment that I had to navigate through and had to, had to understand that and, and um, sort of 
confirmed to myself that I belonged here, mm. um, I doubted myself very much, very much. Yeah. It was like um, they let me in. They be let happy. You in. Right, be happy. Be happy. And keep up. Keep up. Right. They let you in. They let you in. You should be I, thanking everyone you see. I can. Can you can you I, feel that? I, I, you're speaking right here. Yeah, you know, that's what it that. felt like to me. And that doesn't change. No. Right. No. Once you get set on that path, mm -hmm. I wanted to be a performer on Broadway, yeah. and that notion of my mom reinforcing, like, sweetie, we gotta, you know, you don't have a trust fund. Right. <laughs> so you better do something things. that you better do something that's gonna earn you some money, right? right? right. But then moving along and trying to figure that out and and, and going through the PhD process, where again, like, you're the only one there yeah. working now in corporate America, only one there, mm -hmm. and so you speak it, yes. Yeah. But then that just set off another set of insecurity. If I don't really belong here, they're letting me in. When is the point where I'm going to be kicked out? Right. You know, when is the point where the decision is going to be made by someone that I don't no longer belong? So I worked really hard. Worked really hard in school. Did really well um, at SU and everything. Like I said, and then I ended up transitioning to um, Fortune 500 uh, biopharmaceutical bio company where I worked in a lab initially. Same thing. I went in, no one looked like me. There was no one that I could say, how, you know, uh, what do I do next? Or, you know, I had this issue where someone wanted to touch my hair and they didn't understand why it was this color because mm -hmm. I was just trying to express myself mm -hmm. and not be judged. Um, there was no one that I could talk to. And because my parents weren't in corporate America, I couldn't really talk to them about it either. Because right. they right. say, well, Tisha, you can go in there with your hair looking any kind of way you want. To, right? And I'm like, uh-uh, that is not my life. <laughs> no, I can't. moment when you realize that your parents are, are not in a position, not that they don't want to, but they're just yeah. not in a position to right. offer you the type of guidance that you kind of need is that interesting space where you kind of look around like I'm the only one. I can't call mom or grandma because they haven't necessarily been in this space before. And so you kind of got to look around and like figure it out. You have to figure it out on your own. And I think it just came with um, consulting with people, talking with people that wanted to help me, wanted to understand me, mm -hmm. wanted to know me, wanted me to be able to have the things that I wanted, which was progression in my career. Mm -hmm. And those people didn't look like me. But I, I still opened up to them and found a way to trust them. And I was able to do that. I was able to progress in my career with having, you know, other people around me that didn't necessarily look like me, but we were able to collaborate and communicate and help each other. And that's part of what you're doing now with Urban Tea, because you are letting people know about those community resources, those events, those opportunities. Um, you are creating an opportunity to learn or connect with someone in the community that's passionate about yeah. getting folks connected. Right, so Urban Tea mm -hmm. is all about access. Mm -hmm. It's all about putting in front of you the things that you can take advantage of. So one of the reasons why I started Urban Tea is because I am definitely afraid of those things going away because we're not taking advantage of them, mm -hmm. right? So who's gonna continue to support a program in the city that nobody's using? right or the right people aren't using or we're not getting enough activity around it we need to be able to know about it so we can take advantage of it and that's what urban tea is about we'll follow urban tea absolutely <laughs> urban tea syr on facebook and instagram leticia
As founder of Urban TSYR isn't just highlighting events in the region, she's helping women of the region highlight their lives. In early 2020, we caught up with her at a vision board party, where she was helping women not only realize their vision, but she was also helping them put their visions on paper. Good morning. Good morning. We're all here and looking beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is 21, 2021 hashtag no excuses vision board experience. Give yourselves a round of applause for getting up this morning, getting some clothes on on a Saturday and coming out to this event. Urban T is the community connector herself. Urban TSYR is the platform in which that community connection happens. So at Urban TSYR, I connect the community through various events happening around the city of Syracuse and beyond. This is done in an effort to integrate spaces, for other people to learn of each other, and to come to a greater understanding based on those experiences through activities. Well, you ladies know what you're doing here and got that I'm glad you brought your picture your yeah. girl 2021 hashtag no excuses vision board experience is about bringing the community together to make vision boards vision boards are a powerful tool in which you visualize what you want to do and you paste it on paper it's just like writing it down and then that way you can reflect back to it later to say that this is what I want to do actually daily you really need to look at it daily Reflect back to a daily to say, this is what I want to do, and then you march your actions toward your vision. Well, my thoughts about the event was initially, okay, I'm going to come here to support Leticia and Liza and be around some great energy. You know, I do vision boards every year. This year, I wanted to do it together with people who have a like mind and, you know, aspirations, etc. This time I chose to be more centered on something very specific instead of being broad. And I am, this is about me. This is things in my life, more internally in my personal life that I wanted to work on or enhance and how I see myself being more successful in my other part of my vision for my goals. So for example, you know, my life is about now getting better all the time and just being focused about that. Um, ready, set, here we go. So this, this is more about like some of the larger goals I have on my board. I'm ready to do it. This is about life, like I said, and I'm just here, you know, to get it. Show up for life, showing up for life. It's not just about my life. It's just showing up for people, you know, showing up for people in need. There was a need for Urban Tea SYR in Syracuse because I heard so often that there's nothing to do. Um, I don't know what to do in Syracuse. Syracuse is so boring. And then I also attended so many events where there weren't a lot of people that looked like me. And they were great events and think events that I learned a lot at. And I'm like, where's my community? Where are the people that are you know, in my community that I know? Why aren't they here? And so I started this in a, an effort to provide the awareness and the visibility to those events for others, not just the selected few, but the rest of the city as well.
So my vision board consists of like all the dreams and goals and the aspirations that I want to achieve overall. It's not just for like a year thing for me. This is like a goal, a life thing for me. The takeaways I got is never to be afraid of like chasing your dreams, um, to fall off that cliff and make that jump in your life, to um, be inspired and to not be afraid to guess, second guess yourself and be like, why can't it be me? Like big words like billionaire, they're like, why can't it be me? Like, it can be me. If I manifest it, if I believe it, it will happen. So that's what I got from this event. And that is really what this experience was about. It was about letting people understand that this is a tool that you can use and then utilizing it throughout this year so that they can march towards, the, towards their goals. And it is a community-based event and it's very important for me for it to be that way because I want the people in this community to grow and evolve and change the city in the way that we want to see it. When I walked into the room, I was like, wow. Oh my gosh. I've seen familiar faces and I've seen new faces. The room space was very intimate. People met each other um, for the first time. So people made friends, we networked, we talked about our goals, and you know, when you have an experience like that, that's something that's really priceless. Um, to come into a room and not really expect what you're gonna get out of it, but then to leave enriched, fulfilled, and ready, and ready to embark on a journey that you set for yourself. My vision board, I had the wildest dream. So this came to me like towards the end of 2019 because I had this dream and this desire to start my own business of personalization. So on this board, I got my wildest dream and it's gonna be graphic designing. I need to write my business plan out this year. I need to stack it, build, mix up my designs, be ready to decorate, decorate things. And if I fail to do any of these things, I'm gonna fail at it. And then I'm just gonna make stuff. In 2020, I'm gonna make stuff. I absolutely loved the event. I was just surrounded by a lot of people that were like in the same predicament of me, like having that fear of like just trying to push themselves and like go to where they need to go in life. So like it was inspirational for me and I think I needed that boost and like that motivation to like chase my dreams and chase my goals as a person. I would totally a thousand percent recommend vision boarding to other people. I've been creating vision boards for the last 12 years. If you do a vision board, it helps you stay focused. When you look at it, it keeps you grounded. I couldn't have asked for a better time. There were so many people that showed up today and I, I, I'm just thrilled. Um, I want to be ahead of the game and I want my community to be ahead of the game. And with Urban TSYR, I want to be able to provide the information to my community firsthand so that we can react faster and that we can also be proactive in our own communities and how to engage and how to pu push our agenda forward. So here's, here's something, right? Because I think that what you're saying is powerful. That like family support, mm -hmm. that coming from the south side of Syracuse, yeah. that going into schools and, and kind of coming home and be, being challenged to meet certain goals because you do have the potential, you do have that ability. What would you say to a young lady 
or young men for that matter, that are on the South Side right now that are trying to find their way out. Maybe they aspire to be some type of engineer um, for a Fortune 500 company. What would you say to them? I would say that it is critical to leverage the um, resources within the community because the resources that are in the community are there and set up so that you have a pathway to where you want to be. So for example, um, there's C-STEP. There um, are all different kinds of opportunities and activities that are out there. And the, the issue that I know we have is access and knowing that they're available to us. But once you're able to leverage some of those activities that are either state, uh, city run or state run, mm -hmm. you're able to expand your horizon. Then you start to see the potential and the capacity that you have to learn and grow. When you're stuck in this narrow space, mm -hmm. it's very hard to take the blinders off. Mm -hmm. um, kids need to see it, feel it, touch it, smell it right. to know that they can have it. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. so when, you know, you have these um, programs, activities that are sponsored by, you know, mm -hmm. different, even um, community-based foundations, right. you know, right. reach out to them and see how you can leverage those programs that are available so that you can broaden your horizon. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And keep, Absolutely. Keep doing it. You know I will. It's right here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Leticia shows what can happen when you choose the community that you come from. She chose Syracuse, she chose her career, and now she's choosing to highlight the best of it through her company, Urban Tea. Thank you, Leticia, for choosing us, and thank you all for choosing Behind the Woman. Join us next week. Next week on Behind the Woman. We are constantly breaking barriers. If you can imagine it, you can do it. To be able to have someone as a theater person who gives voice to a lot of noise. And so I think that it was really important for us um, to really instill that young people are activists. The, in the theater, we all speak the same language. In the theater, we're all of the same community. It's not theater for theater's sake. Let's connect what we're doing so that the community gets something out of it. This program is brought to you by the members of WCNY. Thank you. VIP Structures, 45 years of integrated solutions offering architecture, engineering, construction, and development. VIP, creating sustainable structures designed and built to enrich neighborhoods and strengthen communities. Experience the creative, collaborative difference at VIP. National Grid is proud to support Behind the Woman because of the energy it provides to our community.